0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Which goes into the semi-final stage, of course, starting Wednesday morning as I ran through the final four uh, a little bit earlier. So we've got Argentina v. Croatia, France v. Morocco. They're the final four left in Qatar 2022. <laughs> so what about the extraordinary weekend of quarterfinals? Brazil go, Netherlands go, England are gone, Portugal All gone as well. So let's uh, get the thoughts of SBS's Richard Bayliss. Been doing a terrific job. It's always great to get his opinion on this from the inside as well. Good morning, Rich. Morning, Matt. Always good to be on. And thanks for your time. What a weekend, hey? A weekend of pressure, a weekend of drama, a weekend of upsets. How do you summarise what unfolded there through penalty shootouts and then, of course, Harry Kane's big miss?
0: Yeah, I feel as though the quarterfinals really took it to a new level. I mean, we saw in the group stage, you know, plenty of upsets and drama. But just in terms of the tension we got over the weekend with the quarters, I mean, all four of them had surprises, starting from obviously Brazil going out to Croatia, having dominated that you know, and you look at it and go, well, of course Croatia do it because it's the way they always do it, the hardest way, but having made the final four years ago, of course they're there again, you know, against the odds. And then, I mean, Netherlands-Argentina for me was one of the most tense games of football I've ever experienced and across 120 minutes and penalties, you know, two teams absolutely at each other. And we saw even afters, you know, after the final whistle and players in faces and, you know, in the faces of... Coaches and in the press conference, it was so incredibly tense. Which you, you sense probably Argentina need if they are to go through and win this thing. They need it to be at that heightened kind of tension. And then, like you say, you know, France and England. You know, it was probably the highest quality of the four. England will feel hard done by, but France also. I think are just so resolute that, you know, they they won those big moments when it mattered. And of course, Harry Kane and missing the penalty, as you say, will be replayed ad nauseum in the UK, they I'll talk about that for a long, long time to come, uh, and you feel sorry for him as a great player. But, you know, this is what you get. And to top it off, I would say the story of the quarters, of course, Morocco. Against the odds, yes, but when you look at the way they play, the form they're in, the players they've got, it probably shouldn't be a shock. Yet for all that, it is history-making, the first African nation in the Final Four. So it's set up perfectly for the semis.
1: Yeah, it, it, you're so right, mate. It's what you get from... A World Cup and, and what you get is surprises, pressure, controversy the lot. Um, Harry Kane the way that he held himself afterwards obviously as captain he faces the media but he's also the bloke that missed the goal and he spoke about mm-hmm. copping it on the chin and you know it'll hurt. I, I just thought it was an extraordinary show of brave braveness from him to stand there and say that you, it's almost impossible to comprehend what would have been going through his mind at that moment before he took the kick and after it left his foot.
0: Yeah, and and to take a step back and look at the history of English football, they've got a problem with penalties, you know, mainly in shootouts. You know, they've got a history they've only ever won one shootout out, out of seven or eight. And, you know, people remember... Italia 90, you know, World Cup 98, Euro 96, where they went out on penalties. And the guys that missed those penalties on those occasions have pretty much never got over it and are still reminded of it every single day. So for Harry Kane to step up, yes, it wasn't a shootout. It was in the 90 minutes. But, you know, despite an unbelievable penalty record and having already scored one in the game, we were talking, you know, in the studio, you know, Mark Bosnich, Craig Foster and I are saying, there is no one you would rather have at the penalty spot in the situation because he's so good at it. He's such a great leader. So for him then to be the one that misses it as the captain, as the talisman, and the one that needs to take on that history and that pressure from this point, you really have to feel for him. I I know he plays for Tottenham. Arsenal fans out there I'm seeing are saying, oh, we really feel for Harry Kane, which is absurd. You know, the whole nation of England (laughs) moving forward, I think. Hopefully get behind him because they're going to need him to pick themselves up from this point uh, because they, they still have a very good team. I think in four years they'll be contenders, absolutely. But, yeah, in terms of the devastation, it was hard to hard not to feel sorry for him and the team.
1: what did you make of Argentina, the Netherlands, and the the angst and aggro involved in all of that from both sides?
0: yeah, it's interesting because you know there's a lot of talk about you know the narrative around Argentina is can Lionel Messi emulate Diego Maradona lead Argentina to the title like he did in' eighty six almost single handedly The one thing that Lionel Messi hasn't necessarily had in his armory is about. Uh, Like, he's got the showmanship, he's got the ability, but he doesn't necessarily have that aggro, um, you know, that antagonism that Maradona also had in his locker. But we saw that from Messi on the weekend throughout the 120 minutes after the game in the face of the Netherlands coach, Louis van Gaal, in a press conference afterwards. A a Dutch player walked past and Messi, during interviews, calling him a fool. I mean, this is... I mean, it is seriously antagonising stuff. And it's the, the sort of aggro that... Like I say, I think it probably lifts Argentina to another level because they're not an amazing team. Yes, they've got an amazing player in Messi, but around him, they're sort of on the edge all the time. You know, they've scraped through to where they are against Australia, against the Dutch. They're in the Final Four. They need something extra. And with the entire nation behind them, let alone all the neutrals around the world, just hoping that Messi gets the the job done for the the first time and the last time, of course... um, I think that aggro is actually makes them really scary. And against Croatia the, um, in the semifinal, I think it's just going to be that for 120 minutes, possibly more.
1: So Messi keeps going, but Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't. And obviously he's gone. He's had some um, things to say on Instagram this morning, um, sort of leaving a lot of things open-ended, but but basically doubling down, saying that he's put his heart and soul into this. So where does it leave these two greats of the game um, in terms of legacy? And, and obviously, Messi's story continues.
0: Yeah, the weekend was an incredible inflection point for the narrative of those two. It's the greatest we've seen over the past 15 years in the top half dozen we've ever seen. You know, Messi still has the chance to win his first World Cup whereas Cristiano Ronaldo won't get it again. He's 37, almost 38. He won't be back in four years. And even if he is, I think we've seen over the past few games that Portugal needs to move beyond him. And I think that's that's where a lot of his reaction is coming from. He knows he's gone over that hill now and he can no longer contribute in the way that he expects. And by the way, his ego expects because he can't get around the fact that he is very driven by wanting to break records, wanting to win trophies, wanting to be the best and be seen as the best. So... You know, you have to feel for him as a human. I mean, when he walked off straight away in tears, you know, in the tunnel, that's a very human reaction. And despite the caricature he's become, you know, and he is last at, I think, a lot of the time. And after his Piers Morgan interview, which was a bit of a car crash, I think people love to stick the knife into Ronaldo. But ultimately, he's a great player that just wants to win. But he will never do that at the World Cup.
1: So this is it. Down to the final four this week. So you're leaning towards Argentina or picked that up. So you're thinking it's an Argentina v France final?
0: I'm not so sure about the other one. Like, to be honest, I honestly think all four teams are a really good shout. I, I made a couple of calls last week. I said, ah, Brazil beat Croatia. I'm not going to fall for that again in terms of <laughs> ruling Croatia out. Because, I mean, at what point are we going to say... You know, as a nation of four million people, they're in the final four again. At some stage, we have to just stop calling them underdogs, I think. So, hard to write them off, but I think Argentina, with that weight of the nation and the story, I think will somehow find a way. But to be honest, the other one I think is harder to call. I think if Morocco have key players fit, and that is a question for them, you know, their new coach, Walid Regregi, he's been in charge for eight games. They've only conceded once, and that was an own goal. So, they are unbelievable defensively, but they've got some really good attacking players. And France just aren't what they were. You know, they're missing six or seven great plays. They don't have the depth. So if it goes, you know, if it's a tight one, I honestly, I can see Morocco getting through it, which would be the story. So I know you don't want me to sit on the fence, Maddie, I'll try not to do yeah. it. But I'm going to say Argentina-Morocco final because I think in terms of the atmosphere, the stadiums, like the, the celebration around that final, let alone whoever wins, will be off the chain. So that's what I'll say.
1: Oh, that'll be mammoth. Good on you, mate. Thank you for your time this morning. The coverage continues, of course. So Wednesday, Thursday morning, 6 a.m. start time for the matches. Your coverage on SBS starting from 5.30. Appreciate your time again this morning. And uh, enjoy the rest of the cup. Yeah, good on you, Matty. All the best, mate.